Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Thanks to everybody who has subscribed and to everybody who hasn't. My next one is going to be a subscription-only paid episode, so please click on the subscribe link in my uh, podcast description so that you have access to all of the ones that I am going to do. Um, So today I am doing a reader suggestion on... Um, nice guys and do women really like nice guys he says that I tell men to be nice and I can link you to the post he's probably talking about but when does this veer into nice guy syndrome which is something that I had to look up and it is um, an author who writes for men I forget the name um, talking about um, something that I call the workhorse so my my view of that is the workhorse so I could link you to that but he says the guys um, need to watch out for this nice guy syndrome where they feel like if they're really quote nice and they do everything for somebody especially a woman then they should get their needs met in return and that's like a covert contract Um, yeah well that's not being very nice (laughs) I mean women do like nice guys of course this reminds me of like my other podcast podcast and post on uh, why it's some bullshit myth that men don't like high achieving and high earning women. I don't know many guys who would not like their wife to say, hey, guess what? Like, I'm going to be making three times as much next year, you know? And if there are such guys, they're pretty insecure and it's their problem, you know? Not like anything about what the average man is like. The average woman wants a nice guy. What I mean by nice is loving, caring, affectionate, and considerate. I do not mean somebody who's trying to take all the work off her plate so that he can get laid. And if there are covert contracts like this, this is not what I mean by a nice guy. This is more of a workhorse or a people pleaser. Now, usually men like this grew up with a self-absorbed parent who did not allow them the time or the emotional space or the the airtime to talk about their own needs or wants. The parents' wants or needs took up everything. And their job was to be a good boy. And with women, I call it more of a people pleaser. And um, I could link to an article I wrote about that. And um, they learned to be very good. Both genders learn to be very good because otherwise this self-absorbed parent would Um, be even more distressed and overwhelmed than they already are. So your job is to not have any needs, not put anything on their plate, and then maybe they'll be nice to you. And so if you grew up like this, always being the high achiever, always being the good kid, the golden child, because you could not be otherwise because implicitly you felt that this is the only thing that makes your parent be nice to you or be less stressed or not be completely consumed with, um, you know, overwhelm, then you're doing this now, no matter your gender, in your relationship if you don't introspect about it. So a little boy that 
that was his mommy's favorite son because he was so good and what being good was was taking care of his younger siblings never having a need or a want and getting straight A's and excelling at sports or a few of those not all of them whatever then the mommy was nice and then he was the favorite so now he thinks if he just does the same thing makes enough money acts nice enough does everything that his wife needs then she's supposed to love him too it's the same contract that doesn't work like that because women are not stupid nor are men everybody can tell when they're being handled or appeased or placated and everyone can tell when they are being manipulated so that they respond a certain way so yeah like I tell people to be super open about why they do stuff so like if you're listening to this podcast because you want to work on your marriage tell that to your wife don't like listen to this podcast and take my tips and then like kind of like just act completely different like a pod person and when she's like why are you so different you're like I don't know no 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 always be honest so for example if a man if a man says to his wife I want to have more sex than we're having and she's like well maybe we would have more sex if you did more around the house so then he could be like, all right, what do you want me to do around the house? I'll do more stuff around the house. Then maybe you'll have energy to have sex. This is a wonderful conversation. This is overt. That's an overt contract. I like that contract. That makes sense because she could also be like, uh, nothing. There's nothing you could do, you know? And then if she was honest about that, then that would be another um, honest conversation that could go potentially down a different direction. But at least everybody in this is worthy of respect, right? Nobody's lying. But if the guy tries to like backdoor, like, oh, I'm gonna like, you know, uh, try to figure out that if she had uh, less to do, then we would have more sex. And so I'm gonna like go do a whole bunch of stuff and then look at her like we should have sex she's gonna be like this motherfucker's only doing this to get laid and he's not even admitting it like that's the most insulting part you know it's like do you think I'm stupid like why are you trying to manipulate me and that's when women say oh good job doing half of the housework in your own fucking house or good job watching your own kids right because if there is gonna be a contract in marriage it should be expensive Explicit and it should be agreed on by both people. There used to be more of an explicit marital contract that the woman took care of the home and the man uh, worked outside the home. If he were to have lost his job, that would be a very, very big deal, you know? And it wouldn't be like he would think necessarily his wife would stand by him no matter what if he decides not to work because that was his job. And she would not think that if on part of, you know, it was sex too. So a woman didn't used to think that if she didn't have sex anymore with her husband, then he would would stay faithful. These things were more overt contracts, but so then it wasn't as uh, nobody felt gaslighted as much as nowadays when it's more overt because people aren't allowed to say, I don't know why I want them to. Everyone listening to this should say, if they do, I expect sex in this marriage. And then the woman could say, all right, well, I expect X, Y, Z in this marriage. These sorts of things in couples counseling are stated as overt contracts like we are going to be nice to each other okay we agree to that we are not going to yell in front of the kids there's an overt contract uh the woman's going to try to get in the mood three times a week now there's an overt contract he's gonna do a shitload more of the cleaning if he does zero right whatever 
overt contracts are fine. You could be a nice guy and also ask for an overt contract. Like, I want to have sex a couple times a week. You could say, what can I do to make that happen? Whatever. But what you shouldn't do is pretend that you're just being nice and then somehow think that because you're being nice, then you get laid when she didn't agree to that. She didn't agree to that. So she's going to feel handled and manipulated. So being a nice guy and being a confident guy and an assertive guy, none of those are orthogonal. Those are not mutually exclusive. I don't mean that like a nice guy needs to be passive. Au contraire. Nobody likes passive. So I don't mean that he has to do everything that his wife says. But I do think he has to do some stuff his wife says, right? He has to be agreeable in the way that he would with a friend, you know, like with, and I, you know, I could link you to stuff I write about this, but like a lot of guys play devil's advocate with their wives in a way that they never would at work, you know? Like, you're not going to be like, like, your boss isn't going to say to you, hey, uh, how about we schedule that meeting for nine o'clock? And you're, you're not going to be like, nine o'clock? Is that really what you think? You think nine o'clock would work? Because personally, you know, what I think is that 10 o'clock, you're not going to be a dick, you know? And so a lot of guys conflate, like, being nice with being, um, passive, but it's not the same thing. What I'm saying is don't be an asshole. That's really what I mean by nice. You could be as big of an alpha male as you want, have as many interests, overtly stated contracts, whatever the hell you want, but don't be covert. Don't be passive aggressive. Don't be passive. No one likes this. Other males aren't going to like to interact a man who does that with a man who does that. And women certainly don't either. The same thing for women. Women should not be passive aggressive and making covert contracts either. Women should never say, oh, you know, maybe like I want to get, you know, have sex more if you did more around the house and then he does it and then he doesn't get laid. That's terrible. You would never do that to your child about something. You wouldn't say, oh, I guess if somebody gets an A plus, then they might get $10. And I mean, I don't think you should reward with uh, grades anyway, but run with my example. But and then the kid comes home with an A plus and you're like, "Mm, just kidding. Like that would be being horrible, right? That would set your kid up to hate people. So it's the same thing with your husband. You know, if you say and you imply that if he does more, then he will get laid. No, no. Then you actually have to have sex with him. You know, (laughs) jokes on you, right? So you actually have to do that. You have to do what you say. So a nice guy is kind. He's loving. He's affectionate. He's considerate. He could still have his own preferences on things. But like if she's really upset by something you're doing, be nice and like talk to her about it. Don't be an asshole. That is what I mean. I don't mean anything about covert contracts or uh, angling to get your way. If you just do enough shit, then somehow she has to do something else. No, that is not being a nice guy at all. Now, this brings us to the point of what, um, how can you tell if you are being nice truly or if you are being nice because of this covert contract stuff? Well, interrogate your own motivations very openly when you do something. So if you're a guy, you take your wife's uh, car in to get the oil change. Are you thinking that this means that she owes you something? Because if so, don't do it. 
Don't do it. At least be honest because you're not doing it for the right reasons. As they say on reality TV like The Bachelorette, are you here for the right reasons? Meaning love versus fame. That's what they mean there. Here, are you doing it because her love language is acts of service and you guys just read the love languages book and you want to be nice? Or are you doing it because you think that she knows somehow that if she has a oil change, then that means that you're supposed to get sex. Don't do it then. That is not nice. That is not nice. So in fact, the nice guy syndrome involves a whole bunch of not nice behaviors. Do things for your spouse, either with a full heart or because of an overt contract so like if you're gonna pick your kids up from school so that your wife can go get a manicure do that because you are going to be nice to her not because you think that then you'll get laid or you can just try to say hey if I pick up the kids from school you get a manicure and you're in a good mood then you know I hope that then I will get a little action later and as somebody in my uh private group said that her husband says little jokes like this and it actually does make it likelier that he gets laid. Why? Because it's not some bullshit manipulative behind the scenes shit, right? It's overt. It's like literally if I do this, I am hoping for this (laughs) and then she could do it or she could not do it. She could say, well, you know what? You're not getting laid tonight no matter what, so I'll skip my manicure Or she could be within her rights to say, hey, I pick up the kids like every day and I want to get a manicure. So I'd like you to do it just to be nice. And if you then you could say reevaluate and say, you're right. I'll do it anyway. Go enjoy your manicure. Right. So that would be a nice guy. The idea of doing things so that people like you is like the opposite of being a confident, assertive person. Do things to be a kind, good, ethical human being. So don't do things because you're going to get a pat on the head. And this is a big learning curve for a lot of men, particularly if they grew up as like the good boy, golden child. They're doing things frequently for a pat on the head or for approval without even knowing it. And this is easily picked up on by women. And this seems, you know, like a little kid. Like, seems like you have enough kids. Why do you need to give another one a pat on the head? And it's, it's annoying. If people are doing things, though, to be nice and good and ethical humans, usually that engenders a feeling of respect and admiration from whoever the onlooker is, especially the wife. So why don't you think about this in terms of how it impacts your day-to-day functioning and really do a deep dive on whether you are a nice guy or not. Are you a guy who is doing this covert contract thing that I'll link you to that this guy talks about? Or are you doing things out of the goodness of your heart? Because frequently, people who do things out of the goodness of their heart get rewarded in myriad ways naturally through life. It's like there's fake um, news that uh, people who are popular are mean. That isn't real. That comes out of the movie Heathers. Like, that isn't usually right. In fact, sociological and psychological research say the most popular kids are the ones who are the kindest, nicest ones. Always there'll be somebody in the group who gets in there who's an asshole, right? But overall, the main effect, the link, is that being a kind, good person and nice to other people is associated with popularity. And it's the same thing. Those people aren't being nice to everybody because the 
they'll get something. You know, like the popular girl isn't nice to the guy who's at the bottom of the social totem pole because he's going to give her anything. She's just a nice girl. And that's how she got popular in the first place. And people who are nice, by the way, naturally, usually grew up in very functional, loving, healthy homes where it was a value to be kind to others, whether that was a religious value or just a secular uh, value of the home. You know, and so if you are listening to this as a parent, which most of you are, train your children to be nice to others without any covert contracts. Don't say things like, oh, well, if you're nice to such and such, then maybe you'll get to go to the birthday party. Or, you know, you should always be nice to your teacher because then, you know, you'll be likelier to get a good grade. No, it's you should be nice to everybody in your class. You know, be kind. So many parents nowadays are more like, watch out for your back. Make sure that nobody's taking advantage of you. Make sure your needs and preferences are being uh, adhered to to the minute detail by everybody around you. Yeah, that's going to make your kid real popular. No, it's not. Try to, it's only the people that are in a position of genuine power that feel authentically confident that they have power and agency in the world who can be benevolent or charitable to others in any way. It's people that feel very weak that always have to be paranoid about making sure that everything is even Steven and what are they going to get for what they give. So you want to raise children and to yourself be somebody who could just be kind because you have that self-esteem and that confidence in yourself that says, hey, I'm a pretty good person. My life is pretty good, you know, so I should kind of give back and everybody else's life isn't as great. Maybe this person needs a smile. Maybe that person needs a little help with this. Maybe my spouse could use a little help with XYZ. My kid looks like he could use some attention, whatever. That internal confidence. I have things going pretty well. And so I'm going to kind of give back kindness to the world. That is an extremely attractive magnetic trait in general. And if you feel that your life is not in any way so good that you could feel this in your heart and do it, What am I going to say, everybody? Starts with a T, therapy. If you work on yourself in therapy, then you could potentially get to have this level of internal confidence and strength from which genuine niceness and kindness flows more effortlessly because you genuinely want others to feel as good as you feel. All right, so I hope that this was, um, you know, mind-expanding in some way or another. If it was, please click on subscribe so that you hear my next podcast. And I, oh, my next one's going to be on neediness versus expressing needs. So that was another idea by the same person. And I will talk to everybody soon. Bye-bye.